Indian and cowboy, indigenous, independent, and listener-supported, rooted firmly at the intersection between digital media, podcasting, and indigenous storytelling. Welcome to Otpem Suskoya Kitsikiskok, Chelsea Val Nitsigason, Molly Swinitsigason, Mantusakagnit Nidotsen, Otuskonegni Dotsen. Welcome, welcome to our guests, our live show. Our second ever live show. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for coming. So we have we have folks here in uh, Amasquatsi Waskagan. We have folks over there in Geojiage, and uh, probably not really hearing much of what we're saying, but just like imagine. Good, we're good. But just, if we cut out, imagine that we're saying the most scintillating and brilliant things imaginable, and throw your heads back and laugh like this. <laughs> and then everybody here, if you hear from anybody in Montreal, just lie through your teeth about how scintillating and intolerant Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. be like, wow, the parts you missed were the best parts. Yes, like brilliant. Absolutely. Like I was crying. Yeah, like tears beautiful. streaming, ugly crying, mascara everywhere. Yes, but then you came out of it looking beautiful because right. you were so renewed by it, the brilliance. It was like going it was like going to a Turkish bath in Winnipeg. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's gonna get that. No, nobody's okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> alright. So what what are we doing new this season? Let's just go over it again because we haven't released anything. So whatever. oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're not really repeating ourselves. Um, no, we're not. No. Uh, so one of the things that we decided we wanted to do starting out our fourth season because we realized doing three seasons of just watching crap after crap after crap, sort of like white mage show about indigenous people that you know we we feel like we've run the gamut mostly of. Uh, you know, it's tropes and stereotypes that non-Indigenous people draw on to create media that's legible to non-Indigenous people about us. So we decided that we were going to start expanding a little bit and move towards maybe some Indigenous-made film. Yeah, we, we really felt like we've been doing a lot of tearing down, um, and rightfully so, but there's, there's, I don't know, there's some critiques out there too, I think, about that, which I think are, are valid, that, you know, it, it's really easy to tear down. And talk about what sucks. It's a lot more difficult to support indigenous artists in, in their craft and and sort of get see that they get spotlight. Like if you're you're spending so much time talking about like Adam Sandler and not talking about you know the, the artists out there who are who are doing authentic stuff, then you know you're sort of like I don't know part of the problem, I guess. So that like stuck in me like a barb. And uh, not really. We're just sick of watching that crap over and over yeah. again. So yeah, it gets really tiring after a while. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we decided to do some shorts, uh, because that's cool. Yeah. And we've never done shorts before. Yeah. Yeah. We've done a music video, which we was did short. Music, it was, it was a short music video. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so a couple things before we get into it. Uh, the first thing that we want to do is give a shout out to all of the water protectors and allies out at Standing Rock. Yeah. Doing their thing. Um, one of the reasons why this is kind of was a little bit by the seat of your pants, sort of haphazard, was actually because one of the people involved in organizing um, on, our, on end. our end, on the Edmonton end, was actually arrested down there. 
Um, and so she's has to stay in the States for like another couple weeks and deal with that whole like horrible violent process. Shout um, out Kitsella. Yeah. And so she's out there. And then of course, you know, the hundreds of others who have also been arrested and brutalized uh, by the police and by the corporate mercenaries and stuff. We really just wanted to give a big shout out to them. And if you don't know what's going on in Standing Rock, I don't like you need to find out what's going on at Sandy Rock like ASAP um, yeah. and then you know as well if you have anything that you can donate or cash or you know anything or even just you know putting stuff out there on social media uh, you should definitely get involved in that yeah and, and don't also think that you have to rush down to Standing Rock to, to be of support there's lots of things that you can do where you are and in fact you should be looking around where you are and supporting land protectors water protectors in your area uh, I would really, I would really highly suggest that you learn about the struggles that are going on where you live because guarantee you it's happening. So, and it, it's often being met with the same sorts of levels of indifference and uh, often state violence. So, it's not, it's not just Standing Rock; it's everywhere. Yeah. All right. What else? Stand with the system. Um, beverages. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. we we did not go for the wine and or mocktail and or whatever because it's ten. 30 on a Saturday. Yeah. And we just weren't, we're not that hardcore. I mean, we are, but we are. we're in a, we're in the student union building. So we probably get in trouble. Yeah. And also I'm knocked up again. Again. Right. So, so I'm drinking my orangina. It's uh, which we didn't think was sold in Alberta. I, I couldn't find it for it. so yeah. long. I, I, I hate this stuff when I'm not pregnant cause it's ridiculous. It's <laughs> sparkling orange beverage, right? It's, it's just gently shake you know it's but i don't know man when i'm pregnant it's it's everything yeah it was like every day for two weeks you were like oh god i wish i was orangina i was like i know you wish there was orangina man i can't do anything about yeah, this for you shut up about the orangina but then we found it and then and then it's i still didn't day. shut up about the orangina it's true yeah so i'm drinking i'm drinking orangina what are you drinking uh, i'm drinking a matcha latte oh that's pretty sweet yeah it's feel, actually really sweet it's really sweet it's yeah. like very sugary yeah uh, i feel like a huge yuppie but i'm just riding with it all right yeah you, you know, know can you yeah i don't know can we be yuppies? Don't yes. we have to like have access to, to wealth and to yuppness? I don't know. I feel like you can be a yuppie in your heart. In your heart? Yeah. It's not just about the material. It's also, it's a way of life. It's very spiritual. It's a lifestyle. It is. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. We're, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Atto Tam. So yeah. What's, yeah, what's show. that? Why are we doing the last show, Chelsea? <laughs> well, I don't know, Molly. Oh, <laughs> why don't you tell us? <laughs> well, Chelsea, I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> We're doing, we were invited to do a live show um, by our good friends with the Indigenous Arts Council uh, who are putting on this huge Indigenous literary festival right now, predominantly in Montreal, but it's kind of taking, like, events are taking place. Um, I've heard of ones in Toronto, Edmonton, obviously, um, and I think the core festival is happening uh, in Montreal right now. So that's really amazing. It's, it's incredible to kind of be featured on a bill with, you know, folks like Leanne Simpson and our friend Erica Lee, who's been a guest on the show before, um, and, you know, all of these kind of, like, up-and-coming and emerging uh, Indigenous artists who, um, you know, may, may have not had... Uh, the opportunity to to access kind of some of the big sort because of, funding, of whiteness, yeah, and the big grants and the big you know events and stuff. So um, the Indigenous Arts Council has been really amazing to to make space and to provide support and resources for those uh, folks. So if you haven't heard of the IAC, I really highly recommend that you look them up. Um, they've got a website, um, they've got a Twitter, and I think they've got a Facebook. I'm looking at Lindsay. They're not giving me anything. Okay, that's fine. 
Okay, sweet. Yes, yes. excellent. Okay. All the all the social medias. They got the social medias. So yeah, check them out. Uh, and thanks again for the invite because this is fun and exciting. Yeah. And yeah, okay. So let's let's get into it. What are we watching? Okay, so uh, we didn't we didn't actually like go and get the synopses because the synopses might actually be longer than the shorts. So let's just go. Yeah. Uh, the first thing we watched was called The Sixth World, and this is by a Navajo director, Nanaba Parker. Um, and we chose this because it's 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 cool. It's very space, and basically just the idea is that uh, the Navajo are going to go. Uh, well, not just Navajo, but like it's sort of a Navajo-led expedition to Mars, so. which is pretty awesome. I definitely like highly space, and I would say like the aesthetic is sort of like low budget, corny, but not. I love that you like, said corny. That's that's yeah. some foreshadowing <laughs> know, there, right? I know. <laughs> uh, so corny, but not. I wouldn't say like Doctor Who levels of corniness. Um, yeah, but, you know, yeah, like yeah. It, kind of in the in the style of like all of you know your fave low budge sci-fi, which is ten tends to be my fave actually. Yeah, the, totally. the low budget stuff because then then it's all about like the story and the acting and not mm. the special effects. So I I really dig that. Yeah. So you open out onto a big cliff with deserty um, and really red. Yeah, super red. I was I was actually I was interested that they chose to open with that because I feel like when you look at a lot of non-indigenous made media, like when they want to feature indigenous people, they use that kind of those big desert scenes to yeah. kind of like represent the frontier yeah, yeah. and stuff. So I was kind of originally like, why, you know, this is kind of falling into a lot of kind of the visual stuff that we've seen before mm-hmm. and that we know happens. Um, but but it's this is their actual homeland. Really, it is. Like that's I mean, that's like, part of it. And like that's that's part of the thing too, right? Because you're because at first you're you're assuming that this is Earth. Like that was my original yeah. assumption. Okay, I, I assumed it was Mars because it was all red, and I knew this was about Mars. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Okay, uh, so then there's crops. There's like corn, um, you know, just kind of like rows of it, and it starts kind of like falling, falling over. Falling over um, you know, you're not sure. Is it a drought? Is it a plague? And then all of a sudden, these kind of like drifting, like light. Yeah, bit things come out, kind of like Tinkerbells, um, and they're they're kind of like lighting up the corn, and there's kind of like one final stalk that's standing. Yeah, I was expecting it to turn into a person. Oh, honestly, really? like I thought it was coalescing into into like a being, Ooh. but then it never did. And yeah. then there's like that awful alarm clock sound that we all hate. Yeah, and <laughs> which apparently we're going to continue to hate into the future. Yep. And there's I haven't I haven't actually had my alarm clock set to that sound in probably. 10 to 15 yeah, years yeah. but it still gets me every time like an icy fist around my heart I know it's like holy crap I have to get up I hate my life yeah yeah I know it's that time yeah. but you, we were already awake but I still felt that I know but you know what I think is interesting about God. that is I wonder if uh if if kids like for example my kids have never had that alarm clock mm. sound so does it have that same impact on them do they hear it do they identify it as an alarm clock sound yeah you know like know. that's interesting yeah there's anyway I, I just I'm, I think a lot about mm. getting old because I am uh <laughs> And some of the symbols we that we are. use, we some of the symbols that we use, like the kids don't get it, you know, like when you're like, uh, give me a call and you kind of do this thing and, and they're like, no, you do it like this, this flat thing that you hold up. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking kids. My favorite is that the baby just, anytime that the baby is holding something that's like even remotely rectangular, yeah. she, she always she talks just into puts it. it to the side of her yeah, face yeah, yeah. Like that and pretends it's a phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Credit yeah. cards. Credit card. <laughs> Credit card phone. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Right. The future. The future. I mean, this is all, this is all on point. This is totally, it's, it's all the future. Yeah, we're really relevant always. Um, yeah, the future. So it's, it's, it's called uh, Project Emergence. I like that. And um, they're on this international space station. They're going to go colonize Mars. And that never gets unpacked, that whole like um, colonizing mission. Well, it kind of does. It's, it's, yeah, it's addressed. Yeah, you're right. 
And and it's I love this because the the corporation that's sponsoring this is called Omnicorn. Oh, really? That yeah, was Omnicorn Corporation. For, I don't know what it was because I immediately thought it was supposed to be like a unicorn, but like a more collective version of a unicorn, <laughs> which actually doesn't make any sense. This unicorn so belongs to it. all of us. <laughs> this is, this is, it's the Omnicorn. It's the, the, the unicorn that exists everywhere the simultaneously. Uni- right. The universal unicorn. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're, like Somebody's got to be in the butt, though. Like, if it's everywhere, are, I was are we in the butt like, all the time? I, uh... I mean, I think you are. You can't avoid the butt, <laughs> though. It's there somewhere. I guess. I hadn't thought that far through it, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe it's You're really it taking <laughs> Wow, we're really discovering a lot of important symbolism. I think we should start today. I think we should start a religion. The Omnicorn? The Omnicorn. Let's talk about that later after yeah, nobody's after. hearing us. Yeah. We can do it seriously. Yeah, we can publish a book and oh, then we can yeah. start charging people memberships. Oh, and we and can then, do workshops and stuff. Yeah. Oh my god, like we can make so much money. We can make so much enlighten money. so many people. We'll we'll have like a we'll have a virtual sweat lodge, Omnicorn sweat lodge, oh, where amazing. we just like come to a room like this, like how it, yeah. Yes. Oh man. Yes. That'd be great. And then eighty dollars a membership. Eighty. And then we can More, go to Costco. That, that's for the Mickinax. We could do oh, like I think true. we should do like I don't know three fifty. Whoa. Right? Because then we'll get some yeah, quality. The, like Tom cultists. Cruise will yeah. join the Omnicorn religion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, right. we can plan this later. Okay. Uh, where were we? Oh yeah. So they're going to Mars, um, and they're kind of like walking through the space station, and you see just a bunch of ears of corn, like, un like no husks, naked, nothing, just yeah, just kind of like sitting sitting there on their own. Um, and it turns out that they're actually using the corn to go to Mars because they can't actually transport enough air for the journey. So what they're using is hydroponic crops that only require some water and like a few nutrients. Yeah. And then that hydroponics will create the oxygen that they need to actually make it that far. And so these are like, um, genetically modified corn and the scientist that, that, uh, that created them is on board and just really feels kind of some sort of way about his corn. Yeah, he, he flippin' loves his corn. Yeah, he loves his corn. He loves the fact that his corn is just ears of corn. Yeah, just like, like naked, so weird, about just it. sitting there. They, it looks it looks really unnatural. And I, like I keep I, I kept thinking about like how jarring that must be for people's for whom corn is like such a such an important and sacred staple. Mm-hmm. You know, like just to see it there, just like totally disjointed and naked and like out yeah. of all context. Yeah. So I found it jarring, but I, I imagine like you know if the if the intended audience too is also Navajo people that it's it's meant to be just like really like a punch in the face jarring. So, mm-hmm. uh, so then you discover that there's a badass Navajo woman pilot uh, who is very cool and yeah. ends up kind of being the main character. And then all of a sudden there's alarms. This movie actually makes very uh, generous use of alarms. There's was a lot there of alarms? alarms yeah, I don't remember there yeah, being alarms. There were. Yeah. Remember because the alarms go off and then it kind of cuts over. Um, to an older man oh, okay. uh, holding a, a medicine pouch with um, corn pollen that has corn pollen in it, yeah. and he's told that only company-approved corn stuffs are allowed on board. Yeah, so he's pretty offended by that, right? So he's bringing he's bringing in like, you know, sacred corn pollen. They're like, no, man, that's that's not the right kind of corn. And I love he he was pretty snarky. Yeah, it was. So this guy, they call him General. Um, but it, it, so it's interesting. So in this future, um, he says this mission would be impossible without Navajo Nation resources. So it's they're obviously, you know, um, bankrolling Omnicorn Corporation, like which is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Indians like allowing people to go to space with their resources. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then, so he has this, uh, this Navajo astronaut flag that's wrapped up and put in this sort of like triangular, um, 
thingy frame. bob or frame thank you and gives it to her and she's like oh thank you and and so like the 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 scientist is getting all snippy with him about stuff because he loves his corn he's like my corn's the best corn yeah, yeah. it's so hard corn and the other guy's like whatever oh, man can i start how many corn puns are we gonna have we, we've oh, hardly had any yet this, we've had like three or four no man that's hardly any oh, right. you gotta step right. up your game that's true all right so he wants he starts doing a tour Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, well, can we go back to the Navajo astronaut flag thing? We can always. Yeah. Because I thought, like, there's this movie actually packs in a lot of world building into 15 mm, minutes. Yeah. Because um, not only do you have kind of this world that exists where, where the Navajo are, are so well resourced that they're able to send people to space, but they also have this incredible sort of like space voyaging and space exploration tradition. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like the head of this. Yeah, it's like an astronaut like mm. flag. Yeah, yeah, and they and they talk a little bit about you know why they've decided that they want to go to Mars and why they're doing this. But I also just thought it was very cool that they they sort of sidestep the issue because I think a lot of people question like why should Indigenous people go to space? Why would Indigenous people want to go to space? Like what does that mean? And they kind of sidestep that question entirely yeah. and are just like, no, we're doing the thing. Yeah, like it's happening and it's awesome and like we're doing it in a way that makes sense to us like culturally as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the tour. They're on the tour with the general. Yeah, and so he, he he's really disconcerted by the uh, like the GM corn. He's like, it's got no husks, no stalks, no tassels. And then the scientist is like, is all proud of that. He's like, yeah, you know, we took away all the parts that have no use. And the general's like, they do have a use. People use those parts, and if it can be used on Earth, it can be used on Mars, right? So just because like this the scientist guy doesn't see the value in in those things like culturally you know the navajo that are involved in this are like no we use that stuff for a lot of different things but he just mm. lets it go and it, yeah and it, and it's a really good point too um and i think that that's something that like non-indigenous people and like white people in particular continue to columbus mm. you know about mm-hmm. um the ways in which like indigenous people interact with what's around them it's like you know white people just throw away so much useful stuff oh, yeah Especially like, especially within the natural world, like not only just like packaging and stuff, but you know, not using all the parts of an animal or all the parts of a plant, or, or calling everything weeds. Are. Yeah, right. Weed Everything's thing. a weed until yeah. they figure out that it's actually useful. Yeah, and then they're like, "Wow, look what we've figured out." Yeah. So, right. yeah, they're doing the same thing with the corn in the future, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That is. It, it is interesting. So, if if the Navajo Nation is bankrolling this. You know, and and this this I, he seems to be non Navajo scientist gets to to do these experiments and everything. Like they gave him a lot of freedom to do that, but you know, it, it he's acting in the same way that Munyawak act all the time. So how much progression has happened? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like a lot. Yeah. Um, and so then, the general is talking to the pilot um, and tells her, "You were chosen to lead our people into the next world." Yeah. Uh, he's kind of you know he's given her the the little pep talk before before they launch. Um, and then they have like a really awesome, super long hug. Yeah. Cause they're not going to see each other maybe ever again. Maybe ever again. Uh, so then the, the pilot, she's, she's talking to the, the Dr. Smith dude. Um, and she's like, Oh, did you know that some Navajo believe Mars is our homeland? Uh, that we're actually just, we're going home and this is, we're wrapping up our time on earth. So that was interesting too. Um, because it's like, you know, it's, it's a creation story. Right. And, and that idea makes Navajo belong like they're not colonizing Mm -hmm. they're returning home right by definition they're not colonizing so that that concept is really different than the way that space exploration uh in in most sci-fi is 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 talked about Mm -hmm. because it's really like no we're from here we're from earth and every everywhere else is like we're going to go take it over and that will become our home too but this is this is the idea of return that I think is 
is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then Smith is like, yeah, she, she's like, you know, it, it's just a story. He's like, and we're the heroes. And she's like, I'm no hero. And then you know she's go- obviously going yeah, to be the hero. Yeah, of course she's going to be the hero. Like, damn. And yeah, you know, you know that he's not going to totally be. suck. Yeah, yeah. he bails. He sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they launch. Um, they have 1,212 days, I think, until they make yeah. it to Mars. Uh, and so it kind of shows, you know, some of the stuff that they're doing. It's a corn um, montage. It is a bit of a corn. There's a, like a few. It's corn a corn montage. A corn montage. Uh, so she's like watering the corn, kind of like with this like little bottle, and she's like analyzing it and putting it under these sensors and stuff. And she notices there's kind of some decay. Yeah. Uh, on part of one of the ears of corn. Um, and so she's like, you know, Smith, like, you need to come have a look at this. This is really serious. And she starts saying, you know, like, this is this is a real problem that we're having. Like, we're never going to make it. Um, this should not be happening. Uh, and Smith's like, no, no, it looks minor. You don't have to tell corporate. Like, you don't have to tell anybody. It's well within parameters, like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but she, she's convinced that the corn's failing, and she's convinced that this is happening in part because she had this dream uh, that you see in the beginning. Yeah, where the corn's dying. Yeah, and Smith tells her, no, no, you just you can't let dreams spook you. Yeah. Which, like, you shouldn't let, like, if a white guy ever tells you that you shouldn't let dreams spook you, yeah, you just, just ig- give run the hell away and ignore all of that because, seriously, yeah. let the dreams spook you. They're yeah. there for a reason. Um, so, the corn, later on, the corn is clearly still failing worse. Uh, the, the scientist is getting a bit more haggard. Uh, he's, he's talking to somebody on a comm link, you know, no rescue is possible. Um, the corn's like looking nasty and, and the nasty. pilot too is looking more haggard. Like the hair's coming down a bit, yeah. you know, and she's greasy. just looking greasy. It's because they're just eating that crap corn all the time. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 All of that high fructose corn syrup. There you go. Yeah. And she, the pilot talks about how she comes from a long line of medicine people and healers. And then she's really, she's feeling bad because she never really learned those ways. So it's kind of like, she can't do anything about what's happening to the corn. Mm-hmm. But, and, uh, yeah. you know, they, they kind of, they're, they've reached kind of past the point of return at this yeah. point. They say, um, you know, you have to fix this. This can't be a disaster. There's no recourse and there's no rescue. Yeah. So like, this is kind of it for them. If they don't figure this out, they're done. Right. Um, and then alarms, alarms, more alarms. Yeah. Uh, and, and kind of like report to hibernation, which sounds basically like report. Cause you're, you're, this is the end for you. Yeah, like go it. into hibernation and kind of drift off gently yeah. into death. Yeah. There's no corn left in the lab. So obviously, which means there's no oxygen. The scientist is like full on passed out there. Um, her hair is totally undone at this point. Right, it's it's desperation. Yeah, go 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 yeah. into your like. She's had a, a rough two hundred and twelve days. Yeah, and she grabs the the Navajo flag that she was given, and she like she, does she break it open? I can't remember. It it just it opens. It opens. Either she breaks it or fumbles it or something, uh, and it opens. And inside the flag uh, is wrapped two ears of Indian corn. Huzzah! Yeah, and that's it. And she she gets super excited, and she's like, "We can start a colony with these. We can rebalance the system with these." Uh, with my ancestors' corn. Yeah. And, and he's first, like, no, Smith's man. Like, no, we can't. And she's like, shut up, and just does it anyway. Yeah, and then you have a sweet corn science montage. Yeah, yeah. science corn-tage. <laughs> science corn-tage. Right, so they're they're plucking out the kernels, sticking them in and everything, but it's going to take a while for there to be enough oxygen, so they still have to go, they have to um, direct resources to life support, go into their little hibernation pods until it works out. Uh, so she's in there, and she's still, like, you know, pretty pretty scared, and so she's, like, singing or praying, um, and as she does, we start to hear other voices sort of like singing with her. 
Um, and then there's this sweet scene. It's so sweet. Right? Where she's like in space holding like the, the two cobs of corn in like full like traditional outfit. Like decked out in bling. With all of that Navajo bling. Oh my God. I and just want like, all the Navajo the bling. The spacest background yeah. and she's singing. And then this like super psychedelic pink light so shows up and is like flying around her as she's singing. And you know, it's like every... Flipping time we've seen one of these like white guys go through a bullshit vision quest. Yeah. That kind of level of psychedelic, but way cooler. This is way cooler. Like so much cooler. And not, yeah, like it was just, it was great. I loved it. Like, yeah, it's interesting how put Wesley Crusher in that same scene in the same dress and the bling and, and, and you're going to hate it for all the right reasons, but this was great. This is fantastic. Yeah. And I think it was also like, it, it makes more sense, right? Like, you know, it's not, she's not having like a crisis of the self. She's having a crisis that is going to affect her whole community because yeah. she's the one who this whole thing is riding on, yeah. right? It's not about her kind of reaching a new spiritual level so she can know herself better. It's about her saving her community. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, that's another major difference yeah. uh, there, which was really great. And then it kind of like cuts out too soon, in my opinion. I, I know, like I could have done that. That could have been it for like yeah. 15 minutes. I want to like... like cut that scene out and just have it like on repeat. Oh, yeah. And then whenever you're stressed, you can just be like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay, the corn. One the day, there. yeah, we'll be in space. Yeah. Uh, and so then it's years later. And so we, we see we're, we're obviously in Mars, red sky, red everything. And then there's this beautiful, healthy corn with tassels and stalks and husks. So it's the, it's, it's the right corn that's growing there. And there's these domes, you know, so the colony is thriving. And, uh, and then we have these titles at the end, the sixth world in origin story. And, and we cheer. Yeah. Yay! Yay! Yeah. That was fantastic. It was so good. And so how I, after that, I was feeling like really like, yes, we made good choices. Yeah. Like this is, we should it's been always. a long time since we felt like that. Yeah. Like I kind of, <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll rate it after, but yeah, it's been a really long time since we've watched something and been like, not only did that not suck, but that was great. So I was like riding a high there. Yeah, totally. Which and was then, good because we needed to ride a high to make it through the next movie. Which was only like five, six minutes long. Uh, yeah. And four of those minutes... I have my eyes covered. So. <laughs> right. Right. So the next one uh, was File Under Miscellaneous by Jeff Barnaby, uh, Mi'kmaq uh, director who has directed uh, Rhymes for Young Ghouls. So, I mean, and, and, and other things. So I don't know what I was thinking because Jeff's pretty dark. Um, and I'm not sure why I thought that this would be any different. Uh, I, I love you, Jeff, but what the fuck? is all I can say. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was very, it was reminding me kind of of the aesthetic of uh, Blade Runner a little bit. Absolutely. Just like yeah. that grimy, yeah. grimy, gritty sort of like. The, a very urban neon future. Yeah. Yeah. Just full of pollution. And so, so whereas we have, like, I think with, uh, I, I think with what, you know, the sixth world, we have sort of this like um, very hopeful future and Jeff really goes into the, the really dark like apocalyptic yeah, dystopian, dystopian future, future. Yeah. yeah which is legit and i want to see more native people doing that like because yeah. i want to i think that we have some really interesting um perspectives having mm -hmm. gone through having living in you know the post apocalypse all the time so yeah all right uh so the movie opens uh with kind of a voiceover it just so happens that i'm tired of being a man and it pushes me to certain corners but it's it's in it's in Mi'kmaq. yeah with that with subtitles yeah so the the language is like they're speaking in Mi'kmaq. And the subtitles are English, yeah. Yeah, so he, you kind of have this um, this kind of figure of a guy who's like approaching a door, and you have just kind of shots of various kind of like gross things. Yeah. It's almost like, to be fair, I think he was trying to warn us. 
Yeah, 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 He's yeah. Like, this is just going to get this gross. This is going to get gross. And, and we didn't, you know, we didn't pay attention. So he talks awful. about going into these moist houses, yeah. and the oh. second you start talking about moist stuff, so there's like some squelching, and yeah, some kind of like looks like kind of like awful or like kind of flappy sort of. Yeah. Like talking about hospitals where bones fly out the windows, and yeah. there's like hanging intestines. Yeah, and sulfur-colored birds. It's yeah. like really, it's really nightmarish. Um, and it, I'm cringing so hard that I, I might break something. Yeah. Um, just yeah. So he's going into these anything. moist houses that he hates. Yeah. And we're uh, kind of like, what's like? It's obviously it obviously has to do with the body. Like that that was made very squelchingly clear. Yes. Um, yeah. And then we see this 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 bald guy with a bar, barcode tattoo on his head and sort of like these weird. They look like scars or something on his face. And he buzzes our protagonist into some sort of Horror moist show. house. Uh, so it cuts to him barefoot in a hospital gown, uh, kind of like walking into this room. Uh, you see body parts in tanks. You see skin hanging and just really... It kind of it reminded me of like an even grosser version of that one scene in Pacific Rim, you know, where they go to like the kaiju body part dealer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, oh, look, I have kaiju lice. I have a oh, kaiju right. vertebrae. Like, it, made me, it made me think of like Dune. Uh, like David Lynch's Dune, because he he also in, involved a lot of like really gross like body yeah, horror body stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, and and yeah, and then there's this kind of cool eight bit discordant music going on because I, I was really trying to hear like so no flutes, no yep. no drumming, none of that, just like this kind of cool space, uh, uh, discomforting music. Yes. And the hanging flesh was just like yeah, and then the protagonist like touches the skin and he's kind of like feeling it, and it seems like the. I guess the doctor or yeah. whoever is kind of showing him, being like, "Look at our high quality skin." Ugh. So he touches it and he says, "It's still warm." And, that's and then, when, like, then everybody was like, "No!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it just gets worse, as you saw. Uh, so the doctor starts putting on wrist restraints on our protagonist, and it just gets like nasty. So the, it, this this procedure, this horrible drilling, screaming, Molly turns her face away I've got my hand in front of my face I'm like kind of looking one eyed through one through a couple of fingers yeah. and they and like pull says, his tongue out and then he says there are mirrors that ought to have wept with shame and terror holy crap what kind yeah. of line is that <laughs> and he's like venom and this and that it's just like like even the words were like like moist houses there is are, never gonna leave there me. are mirrors that ought to have left with shame and terror <laughs> <laughs> that is so epic <laughs> so they rip his tongue out dude like yeah what? they just like put this thing like right over his face like bane's like a bane mask Ugh. you know like and it's like and then it's like drilling Drop sounds it. and then he's screaming and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like this uh. anyway so i stopped watching there i have uh other gross shit not watching what the fuck still not looking <laughs> And so I, I had to be I had to be the person who kind of watched some of it, but I, I, it was mostly listening and just like watching through my fingers. It was mostly just listening to everybody else go. Ugh, yeah. Ugh, ugh. Oh man. And then, so he's got these like he's got these Mi'kma script tattoos on his chest, and then the doctor starts like cutting off pieces of flesh. Oh man. Yeah, and then and harvesting like yeah, just oh my god, it's so gross. So then we like all the squelching stops, and all of a sudden he's speaking English. And and uh, there, he says something, but I think we we're still like dry heaving, so we missed the first yeah, part. Yeah, it says something like uh, made me wish that I was white. Yeah, he said I was Aryan. Yeah, it would be beautiful. I'd be beautiful. Yeah. So he's like, so uh, so, so obviously, you know, that's when we kind of figure out that he's like having this this procedure that will make him look white, right? So now he's like, he's a bald dude. 
white dude, like with the same kind of scars as everybody else, which is apparently like sutures from sewing his flesh together. Yeah. Um, in a suit, and they're all just standing there, and and there's these people on the screen speaking German. Did you notice that? No, I, yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't watch anything till the yeah. end. <laughs> so these the, the people on the screen are speaking in German, and uh, and they're just all watching like in adoration. Um, and then he tells the and I'm not going to repeat it, but just like literally the most racist and horrible joke that I've mystic joke that I've freaking heard in way too long, and I I just wanted to like both fists like fly into the screen and just punch someone out but it was like yeah like i understand why he's doing this he's like uh, he's trying to show the levels of his self-hatred that led him to do this but like that joke just it pisses me off so much yeah it was it was a bad one yeah really bad so uh and then and then the movie ends with um him talking about how you know he tells this joke and then they laugh until silver bullets flew out of every orifice and burned the land yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's the dystopian. That was that, was that. future. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, one of the things that I found interesting about this movie, actually, even though I didn't actually see most of it, um, <laughs> was I was also because the very first line is it just so happens that I'm tired of being a man, and it pushes me to certain corners. So I'm wondering, like, to what extent? Not only is he making a commentary about race, but he's also making a commentary about the colonization of gender mm. and the way that that plays mm. out specifically for indigenous men mm-hmm. living, you know, living in a settler colonial society. But he's still, at the end, he's, he still transforms himself into another type of man. Mm-hmm. Right? But so. at the same, like, but that's what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, to what yeah, extent yeah. is, you know, are these genders different from one another? Fair. Right? Yeah. And like, you know... I don't think you can necessarily tease that out, uh, considering like what we're living in. But I thought that was interesting, and I like, and it was yeah, because I found the race thing was it was so heavy handed, yeah, like so heavy handed and so visceral that I think maybe part of me was just looking for something another else. way to look at that. Yeah, but it, I mean, but it's it six been, minutes. He's got yeah, six minutes to make his point. It's got to be heavy handed. Yeah, maybe he has like a sequel that I, I somebody else it. can watch yeah, and tell us if it's full of moist houses and squelching. Yeah, <laughs> and gender. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, um, right, just a thought. Uh, okay, so what? Okay, what, what are we doing now? Okay, so oh, we're gonna I'm all tense again. Just I know, like, I know, I know. Uh, I think we need to. I think we need to rate it. Okay, so um, we need to rate both of them. Yeah, we need to rate both of them. Yeah. Okay, I want to suggest. Uh, now, normally we come up with like the most hilarious uh, rating system, but I want to because we're freaking funny. So funny. Oh my god, we're so funny. Let's talk about how funny we are. No, uh, I'm just trying to like feel better after that thing um okay i think i liked the sixth world so much yes we've and we've talked about potentially doing this but i think it's time to come up with a kookum rating i think go all the way i think i think we're just gonna like are are you comfortable with just like we don't need to like have levels of kookum ratings i think we just have to be like yeah because this is going for hierarchies like right no exactly no kookums love everyone exactly all movies that are made for kookums exactly they love the omnicorn too (laughs) <laughs> okay yes so i okay i think that this is cooking level uh cinema i i would i would absolutely suggest this to cookums everywhere that they should watch it because it's so fantastic i loved i love that you had this strong uh navajo female protagonist i love that in this future the navajo have the resources and um the the, the know-how to be launching a space program i love the way that the scientist was just shown you know the the whole aspect of like genetically modifying these things was just like i wish they'd gone a little bit more into like kinship with the corn mm-hmm. to like talk about how, how how weird that was but 
you know, 15 minutes, right? 15 minutes, and you know, if it's made for Navajo, they already know that stuff. Yeah, and that sweet space scene, and it was just like, that. that's it, that did it for me. I yeah. was like, sweet space scene, check. This is for Kukum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I would agree with you. I'd also definitely say this is a Kukum level movie would show. Um, and yeah, I liked all the things that you said. Um, I, I actually, I really liked that they didn't do a lot of explaining in the backstory. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was like yeah. really incredible because I think that it does, it makes it less legible to non-Navajo. Exactly. Which I think is like really important, right? I think like there's this kind of idea in mainstream media that like it can be accessed by everyone but everyone means white people yeah and so like that's why they always always fall back on the same bs storylines and the same tropes and the same flutes and the same drums and the same dudes and wigs like every single time right but you know i think the sixth world they they realized who their audience was and they realized that they didn't they didn't need to do all of that world building stuff right like you Mm -hmm. can just you can infer a lot from it um, and you know, it's the kind of thing that like would also make great fan fiction. Oh man. Like 10 out of 10 would read sixth world fan fiction. Yeah. We should do so. Yeah, we totally should. Oh my God. It's like Métis stumble upon the sixth world. Yeah. yeah. Like oh. we, we were having problems with white people in corn too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh my Just God. Like, yeah. Oh my God. What if yes. we got in touch with the person who wrote this movie oh. and we sent them <gasps> our dispatches from the future, which are all about corn. corn yeah. And then we teamed up to write fan fiction about ourselves and about them. And we got a million bucks style. to like do a movie. Oh my God. Like, but more than a million. Like, yeah, like a billion. A billion, and a billion dollars. James Cameron was like, could I direct this? And we'd be like, like get out of here, James Cameron. And then we'd yeah. slap him. Oh my God. Yes. Bannock oh. slap James Cameron. Yes. Okay. I'm in done. Time. All right. Well, uh, let's okay. do that tomorrow. I like, I like what you're saying. Like, I feel like um, there's this idea that you don't have to earn knowledge, that knowledge is, is accessible for the taking. Anybody wants it. Like this is the Munial perspective, right? Um, and I think that this, the way that this uh, this short was set up is you kind of have to yeah it's it's show not tell right yeah. and you earn the knowledge you have to figure it out like you have to actually yeah. do some of the work internally and actually that's really interesting because I feel like that parallel thing happens with the pilot yeah too, right yeah. like she you know she goes in kind of with this vague feeling of unease but she's mm-hmm. not willing to put in the work to actually determine what this is right and then as the story progresses and things get so bad she kind of realizes you know what what is important what is actually going to save them and it's not you know, it's not the science, it's not this, you know, non-native science guy who's, you know, who's going to take the, this over and make this happen. It's her, then she's got to do it, and she's got to tap into, you know, her ancestors and right. and that whole power. Even though she felt so. like, you know, coming from this line of healers and, and medicine people that she hadn't learned. Yeah. Right? But she but she still had the knowledge that was necessary. So, yeah. Cool. That was super cool. Kokums, yes. Kokum rating? A plus plus. High five, by the way. Yeah. First Kokum rating? Yeah. It's so exciting. Oh, man. See, this spelled really well. See, I yeah. was like, we watched this other native made movie that we were like, what is going on? Um, uh, yeah. But we haven't released it yet, so we won't give anything away. But yeah. this this is definitely a turn for the, the better. The, yes, this is good. Yeah. Okay, uh, how do you want to rate the next one? File under miscellaneous. Uh, so I think due to like just the sheer amount of body horror and the grossness, um, I think that we should uh, give a shout out to our least favorite ever, uh, Stephen King. Yeah. And rate it out of Stephen King's. Okay, let's rate it out of Stephen King's. Explain yeah. how that rating is going to work. Uh, so the way that it works is um, if it's it's one to five Stephen King's. If you rate it out of one Stephen King, you hate it. You'd never recommend it to anybody. You want to uh, turn into an intestinal alien and eat out of people's butts. Uh, you hated it so much. Five Stephen King's where you loved it. Um, you would recommend it to everybody. Not quite Not your cook but yeah. like basically everybody else. And it was the best thing you've ever seen. Oh, brutal. Yeah. 
that. All right, you, you go first. I have to think about this. Oh, God. Sway me. God, sway me, Swain. In which direction, man? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This was indigenous made. There was a purpose to it, right? There sure like, was. Yeah, and it, it made sense. Yeah. You know, like the message was there. Um, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to be generous and go with uh, two. I'm going to give it two Stephen Kings. Uh, because um, I think that there there was a lot that they packed into that five minutes, mm. from what I could tell, which TBH, <laughs> I couldn't tell a lot because I wasn't looking. Um, I'm, like, I, I get the purpose of the body horror. Yeah. I do. Uh, however, I think, like, I just, I really don't like body horror. I think that's that kind of comes down to it for me. Um, I And I really liked the suggestion um, that he could be making an intervention onto how we think about gender uh, under colonialism. Um, and I wish that he had done maybe a little bit more work on that. Uh, but yeah, I generally, I liked the aesthetic when it wasn't too gross to yes. watch. And yeah. I thought the message was interesting. So I'm going to give it to Stephen King's. All right. Uh, okay. I, I'm going to go with 2.5. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think a lot of this is, is just like... I'm, I'm not being objective about this, uh, which can you ever be? I don't know. <laughs> what? We're always so objective. I, we're super objective. No, for, okay, so the body horror thing for me, like the, the grossness of it, like I just, I can't, I can't deal with it. It just bothers me so much. And that, that racist joke, like yeah. I totally, like the thing is, is that um, it was meant to be so overwhelmingly awful. Like it was, it had a purpose, but it's still like for me, it's, it's so, it's just collateral damage, you know? It's yeah. like, um, when you're trying to shock the conscience, because who is this aimed at, right? This is aimed at white people. And, and just being like, look at how much internalized, like, racism. Do you think it was aimed at white people? I think so. Mm. I think so. Well, I mean, I, I, I think I it's, that, I think it's for us thing. too, but like, you know, to, obviously it's for us too, but I think that like, that joke... Yeah, that's you know, like we worse. don't, we don't need to, we don't need that joke to know that like you can, you can have a lot of internalized racism and just like hate yourself because of it. So I feel like this idea where we shock the conscious, the conscience of, of white people with like really horrible overt racism, racism does more damage to the people that are facing that racism than it does any sort of like good work. You know, like I, I really don't agree with that, that, that sort of like shock people into social justice. Whatever, I don't know. It well, just... I mean, I, th- I feel like if people could be shocked into social justice, they would be shocked into social justice by what's actually happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? yeah like, what's yeah. actually happening is, is horrific enough. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't know? need, like, uh, whatever. Anyways, it's so, so I'm very, very bothered by that joke. Um, so, Jesus, I might even turn this, change this. No, I'm just going to leave it at 2.5 because I think what he was doing was really important. Yes, I love the aesthetic. Um... I like that he was thinking, you know, into the future, like into this dystopian future, what, how much worse could shit get for us? Mm. And I mean, like, like actually doing like that extreme sort of body modification to fit into the ideal um, is interesting because he places it in the future, but that's also happening right now, right? Like it's, mm. it's an ongoing thing. Yeah, where, it's like a global phenomenon of like yes. enlighteningness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he, he places it in the future, but it's definitely like an, an issue that we're facing now. And so... I don't know. Like, I just, I think, I think he, he does really interesting things. Uh, and, and, but every time I've watched something by Jeff, I like, I, I'm so disturbed by it for days. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I think that that's the point, but I, if we're going to, if we're going to watch more stuff by him, we have to, in my opinion, we have to like leave in it with good stuff. Yeah. Like stuff and that maybe get some, I don't know, some like glasses that have little shades on them. Yeah. Down. Every time there's squelching and weird. Yeah. We just like, yeah. 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 yeah, and yeah, and then we just wait till the squelching dissipates, and then we can flip our, our little yeah. glasses up. Or like even just like narrates, but like not grossly. Yeah, like 
No, it'll just say, don't look, don't look, don't look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Yeah, maybe we could just, yeah, we could just get somebody to watch it with us and yeah. then tell us what happened. Right. Like, but not grossly. Not a big plus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Well, that's, I think, it for this episode of Squelching and <laughs> Corntages. Uh, and thanks for joining us on Odapemso Square Wakitsikisika Metis in Space. Space, 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 space. Otra en su escuela, que se dice todo, me tiene en su